This week on the Push Wall Load podcast, we talk about changing the dominance of muscle groups in exercises. We also ask, should you and would you raise your children to be vegan? Also, it's a catfish recap. Three, two, one. I'd definitely rather be ginger, Dan. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Damik. And me, Tom Paul. What's going on, bud? Yeah, I knew you would, mate. Because <laughs> then, you know, but then I think you'd look a bit weird if you were ginger, though. <laughs> like, I'd look a bit weird, thanks. Yeah, well, then uh, I think you'd look more weird ginger than you would bold. So, obviously, this was, this was the case on the, last, on the last show, right? And we put, we put it out to a vote. Obviously, and we obviously forgot about the female uh, element, and we a hundred percent forgot about the female. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it went out at thirty-four percent bold, sixty-six percent ginger. Mm. And I did look through. Well, literally, if one hundred percent of the females voted for, I ginger, did look then... through a hundred percent of the females that voted so voted, that's voted for ginger. Yeah, I reckon that's fifty-fifty, fifty-fifty, mate. <laughs> so it was a little bit. Yeah, I was like. Yeah, we haven't really fully thought this through, have we? <laughs> so obviously, it's just like 20, 30, 40, 50 females just going, obviously, Ginger. Uh, <laughs> fucking moron. Yeah. Um, yeah, apart from that, there we are. But a wonderful vote nonetheless. I don't think there's anything wrong with being Ginger. There's nothing wrong with them. No. Just a different... different wrong with being bold, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like they don't usually get painted with the same brush, right? I don't know, don't they? No, I don't think so. I wouldn't mm-hmm. go. I, I wouldn't gawp it either. So don't see it. Gawp at me all the fucking time. <laughs> <you're talking> about? <laughs> no, never the butt of any any of my jokes, mate. Absolutely fine. All right. Um, how was your internship weekend? Uh, yeah, yeah. Volunteer works good. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, no, it was good. It was good fun. I had a good group. I had a good bunch, and I was teaching everyone how to squat effectively and properly. No, um, no, you weren't. I was, mate. Yeah, you know it. You know it. Um, and yeah, no, it was obviously, it's obviously fun getting hands on with people again. Like it's obviously a part of my job that, um, that I used to enjoy a lot and don't get as much time to do now. Maybe we'll do in the future a bit more. Um, but at the moment, yeah, I don't really, don't really do it a huge amount. So it's great just to, just to keep that, keep your hand in, I suppose, uh, make sure that you, you know. From what I've taken from that sentence is you don't touch your clients enough. I don't mate, no, cause it's no. just on, you know, online, it's quite hard virtually to touch people. Um, <laughs> I love touching people when I get them, you know, Definitely. in the gym. And you get them, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we kind of took took a lot of people through some squats and stuff, and I think it's something we're going to, you know, something we chatted about, we're going to form the, the basis of what we're going to talk about on today's podcast. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I've got, the, I've got the rundown, so Dan's just well, freeballing us. Okay, so. well, do, you want me to just do, do you want me to just do it now then? I'll just do it now. <laughs> we'll give the rundown. Um, We've got the rundown, but um, I think more importantly, mate, because as this, realising that it's... Tuesday, this comes out Wednesday morning, and we're obviously recording on a Tuesday. But we've had a whole week to think about the two catfish episodes we've just seen that have just come out, and we can do catfish recap. Boom, mate, catfish. <laughs> what about the the mum? The mum. We got to explain kid. to people who haven't like. There's some people who don't even know what it is, oh. and, and I'm like, what? I was trying to explain it in my gym to people. And I was just like. How have you not watched it? This, but if if you're into fucking Love Island, watch Catfish. It's so much better. Oh my god, Catfish is better than Love Island, <laughs> a million times better. But yeah, it was. Um, 
Yeah, the 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 guy, the kid who got his, who went on catfish to to tell them, oh, my mum's being catfished. Then his mum admitted that she was catfishing someone. It was amazing. And then they both came together. They were both catfish, and they'd actually been together before in a previous relationship. It was amazing. That ended horribly. It was just like you guys are fucking morons. Um, I just love the naivety of them thinking that they can pretend to be someone online, and then when they get there. One of them, one of the women was like, oh, no, if he's lying about who he is and how he looks, I don't think I can be with someone like that. I'm like, that's what you just did to him. <laughs> so how can you have, take the moral high ground? It's ridiculous. Uh, oh, mate, we should just do catfish podcasts. I know. Fuck this nutrition just, and this, training this stuff. bullshit. This is what we want to know about. If you've not, if, <laughs> I, I promise you now, guys, if none of you have seen catfish, just please make some time in your diary like go, get on sky hit record get on bt hit record just record one and watch it in your own time because <laughs> there are one episode in and you'll be hooked time on mtv there's like there's over 100 episodes and that's the great thing now is if you got into it now there's yeah. a back catalog of so many <laughs> ever ever get bored and it's always on at times when there's nothing on tv like 5 yeah, p.m yeah, yeah. 6 p.m like, uh... like, there's nothing on right don't want to watch the news that's depressing watch catfish <laughs> It's we, amazing. And they got the new season These people now. are so stupid. They're so stupid. The new it's season hilarious. is season seven, I think they're on now. And uh, yeah, what was it? There, there was the Cam model who wasn't really into her husband anyway. But then all these batshit crazy. Obviously this guy that was yeah. pretending to be a millionaire of some sorts and whatever. And then she was like, yeah, it's probably going to be him. Or yeah. it could be this other guy. Or it could be this other guy that's loved me forever. Brilliant. All right. And you, she, she clearly didn't want to be with her husband at all. And then, yeah, and then she went back to him in the then end. She, because, yeah, he, yeah, because, because the catfish was... Oh, was, shit. This... Because the catfish was even fatter than <laughs> her husband was. So she was like, oh, actually... He, he talks a good game on text, but yeah, actually... But, I you know, it's that. not great. And then there was trouble with the police and all this shit. Oh, Mate, just... just, just it's just it's an amazing show. so fun. And if... If you are undecided, right, and I, and, I, and I don't mind if you are, just give me one chance, right? If you're undecided, go and watch the episode where the guy thinks he's in a relationship with Katy Perry. That, <laughs> and if you watch that one, you'll be hooked forever because that is one of the that is incredible. The, 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 I think one of the funniest ones was, uh, was it Kid something? Kid Cole. Who was a yeah, it was a scam well, artist. A celebrity, I'm just like, it's are you like so so kid so this guy was pretending to be a rapper called Kid Cole. And the catfish, who was the rapper who who's not a rapper or producer, but he was catfishing people for money, basically. And uh, he was convinced that he could do tunes and he set up all this he would just ask some people for their studio and they was like, Yeah, we're coming. But Neve, basically, uh, <laughs> when he was chatting to him they were talking he was he was still convinced he they knew he wasn't they knew he's been convicted he was a scam artist they knew it all but then uh he literally just took his phone and then threw it in the lake and was like talk to me <laughs> just like google that it's hilarious it's so funny but yeah, yeah he just he's the presenter, by the way yeah. if anyone <laughs> but also he he's the guy that he had it done to him the original previously. catfish, yeah. yeah. It was a film, wasn't it? Originally? It was a film, and then he had loads of shit. So it's really good. But anyway, catfish recap done. Um, watch it if it's this has come out Wednesday morning. Watch it tonight, MTV, seven or eight or nine p.m. I think there's two episodes usually a night. So um, if you watch it, please tag us in it and take a picture of the episode so we can we can watch <laughs> it with you. We can be there with you live. We'll do it. Yeah, absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, what are we actually going to talk about, mate? Um, so apparently from your volunteer work that you're doing so you were talking about squat patterns or squat progressions or squat like adjustments i think is more the word to use um 
on how you can, well, manipulate in it to fire up different things. Yeah, I suppose it's, it just comes from, so we had like quite a few females at, 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 the, um, at the workshop and a lot of the time with females, you get a lot of people um, and they say that they feel squats a lot in their quads. Uh, and then most females, again, a massive generalization, want to squat to get better glute development. They're not as fussed about their quads as they are about their glutes. They like overall leg development, of course, but a lot of them sort of say, I never really feel the burn in my glutes and all this sort of stuff. And then when you look at a lot of females squat, females generally, as a, as a rule, are more flexible than guys. Um, most females could put their feet pretty straight. They could probably go high bar squat and they could probably squat really, you know, get below <coughs> parallel, really look good Sorry. with a squat. Um, so much so to the point where a trainer or a, a trained eye might just look at them and go, no point in me changing that, you can squat great. Without asking them what you're trying to get out of the squat, what's the purpose of doing a squat? Because if your purpose of doing a squat is quad development, then you could be doing A, you might as well do a front squat for one, but B, you can do like leg extensions, leg press if you want to focus primarily on quads. The squat is more for overall leg development with a bit more glute involved potentially. So you've got to ask that question of, okay, what are you squatting for? So anyway, we've got these females, they're like, well, no one's had a look at my squat or changed it because it looks fine as it is and they're like, they're happy with the depth and all sort of stuff. And I was like, that's great, but why do you squat? I squat because I want to get better glutes primarily. I was like, okay, so we need to change your squat to hit your glutes more so that you get the training effect from that. So again, there's a reason that a lot, not a lot of women would low bar squat because they don't need to, because generally their range is pretty good and all this sort of stuff. Whereas guys, you put them on a low bar squat, feet a bit wider, they tend to get a little bit lower and deeper in their squat because they need to, because they don't hit parallel because they're inflexible as a general rule. Um, so with these females, it's a case of going, right, point those feet out a little bit. So straight away, a bit of external rotation, a little bit more glute involved. Go low bar. Again, the, the mechanics of the movement change. The glutes are more stretched in the bottom position. You're going to get more glute involved in that movement. All of a sudden, they were all like, oh, my God, I can feel the squats in my glutes. And when you slow it down and you tell them to squeeze and you brace the core, they were totally like, amazed. And I was like, I don't know why they're amazed, but I'm just doing my job. But because none of the trainers or people they'd ever spoke to before had ever done this, they were like, well, this is brand new information kind of thing. <laughs> but they basically, I said, well, you're basically now developed a squat that is more glute dominant than quad dominant. So you're going to feel your glutes more. You're going to get better development on your glutes. And discussing with them about the, you know, the, the position of the bar and how that affects your <clears throat> glute mechanic, you know, your glute, your quad um dominance based on if you're front squat high bar squat low bar squat feet out feet in all this sort of stuff they they were kind of um they were kind of impressed by it which felt really good for me because i never impressed women ever um so it was really really nice to actually impress some females for a change um and then we also <laughs> talked about like we then went to the bulgarian squat and went over that as well and kind of talked about how you don't even have to change your foot position you can just change your upper body position and get a more glute dominant no. split squat. Well, no, no, literally, like because they were saying, well, I've always taught to stand to be upright, chest up, stay upright in a Bulgarian squat. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's great. If you want bigger quads, that's a great thing to do. Um, also, but, never seen any of mine or yours lunging or Bulgarian split squat videos ever. Yeah, no, exactly. That's not <laughs> me. But um, but I think the other thing as well is when you feel it yourself. It's different, I think, when you feel it than when you see a video. So again, like half of these women, I was like, no, really go over the front foot, really go over it. And they were like, I feel like I'm gonna fall over. Like, it doesn't feel normal. And I was like, no, like let's do it. Um, and yeah, quick, they really kind of felt quick it. Quick coaching got... tool on that for anybody that's doing it, PT or anything like that. I will always say, don't let your big toe out of your sight. Yeah, and that's what and your that's head, your head to has to be on your big toe the whole time, even when you're up. 
like all the way. So yep. you're leaning towards it, has to be right over, set right over it. And as soon as you come down, your torso position is staying exactly the same. It's like it's, it's the same. It's like it's one brain, mate. It's, it's like it's one it's brain. So like, I'm just I, like, I, imagine I said, a piece of string going from yeah. your head to your toe. That's I what, just that's said you, to them, I just said, look, you've got to keep that head over the toes, look at your toes the whole time. Don't look at the yeah. mirror. Don't look anywhere else. Just look at your toes the whole time. Don't need to look at the mirror. And yeah, it's like one brain, mate. We say the same thing. And um, yeah, no, they were really, they were kind of pleased with that. And then another question that came up, um, I can't believe I'm shouting him out again. It's about the third fucking time this year, but Jamie, <laughs> Um, he asked a question about Bulgarians and he said, would you use a barbell? Like, how would you load them? Um, I and feel I like, like this has been asked to me by somebody and I think it was one of your clients, but I don't think it was Jamie. Okay. Oh, well, but yeah, um, I, I, so, I might have a different answer to you. I don't know. Um, so yeah, so he was sort of saying, what do you think about barbell? And I, and I was saying that as a trainer that used to work in a tiny gym and all that sort of stuff, I think safety is a paramount kind of should be the first thing you think about. And I was like, for one, barbell is a bit more dangerous because you can, if you fall over, where you're going with that barbell, what's going to happen? It's not exactly the most stable exercise in the world. For one, um, two, you don't need to because the loads you can lift with it, you you can hold them in a dumbbell. Um, and I was like, then you're also taking up a rack, which you don't need, and it's probably going to be annoying if for other people. Um, and I actually, with Bulgarians, use one dumbbell rather than two for the reason that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago or last week about you've got a hand then to kind of go. Well, if I need to prod something, I'm going to fall over. I can do it, and most people can hold 30 kilos in your hand you're not going to maybe a bulgarian split squat more than that for say 10 reps or so um was that actually in one hand it enables you to keep that balance you can hold on to something while you're getting set up it's a lot safer position to be in if you need to drop one dumbbell you can drop one dumbbell um rather than two uh, most people i know and have ever trained will never use that much weight that they can't hold it in one hand anyway um the only caveat again, to that i'll i'll butt in with a more mechanical standpoint on if there is a chance of you have any kind of imbalances, the one dumbbell thing can be a way to go, but also can be something you can shy away from. So if you're in a Bulgarian split squat stance and you put a dumbbell in the gap, in that case, what's going to happen? You're going to grow gravitate towards your center of balances towards that, right? So you're keeping yeah. a bit more natural. If you put it in the other hand, which your leg is up, so I'm saying the leg that you're using the effort on, you're going to shift over towards that glute more. So you shift onto a weight shift, distributes right over onto that leg. So if you were to use one dumbbell, depending on what you want to do, i.e. glutes, use it on the outs. It, and this is a fucking common mistake. It's massive. And a load of people will always go in the gap and they'll be crushing their adductor, which is the, the most basically proximal muscle that's on the working leg closest to the weight that you've just put on to yourself um but then if you put it on the outside suddenly you're going to get what's the most proximal muscle is going to be your glute med that's going to be on the effort load so if you go towards more glute on the outside of your i realize i'm just i'm fisting towards dan on you're just holding your you're just holding your hands up <laughs> uh, i know i realize but I've, i'm i'm practicing using my left leg um but yeah if you go on the outside where your leg has got the effort load that's the way to go and also you'll be better evenly distributed but doesn't mean always use on my playing devil's advocate doesn't mean always use one number because it can screw people up over the long term. Yeah, it can change. I, I would, I would, I would say, so I was saying that one dumbbell and I was saying, hold it in the gap. So I am an absolute idiot. So don't listen to me. What? Tom. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Mix it up. doesn't matter. But it's honest. one of those things as well. Like it's, it depends on again, the load you're lifting, how much you're doing it, how frequently you do it, all that sort of stuff. Um, again, I think it's one of those where if you're going with slightly heavier weights, I think Bulgarian split squats get to a point where if you lift, the, if it's too heavy, 
it's probably not the best exercise to be doing anyway. Like there's other single leg exercises you can do. Reverse lunges might be a better option, a bit more athletic, all this sort of stuff. Um, also, but again, when, it was that whole thing when, I've, when I've seen people load them really heavy, and obviously really heavy um, would be like 50 kilos dumbbells either side, is they've used the trap bar and not gone barbell there so they can drop it. Yeah. Do that if you really want. <laughs> if you're convinced of going really, really heavy. But the only, I think... Uh, I just wouldn't. You can anterior load in, so front load in or back load in. Yeah, I get your point where you want, like, but I, don't, mm, I get the point of where you want the load going over a specific muscle. So uh, imagine drawing a line from the barbell to the floor, imagining which muscles actually go through that. You're probably going to activate them more than anything else hence you're going to stand really upright if you're holding a front load or if, if you're going low bar then obviously you're going to hit your fucking glute hugely because you have to lean forward to get the rack like the bar on but yeah it's just it's all much to do about nothing i think it's just like you're making more effort for yourself than just grabbing a couple of dumbbells and going for time on attention yeah i think it's like like you said i think with the barbell i just think it's the point of view of most people can, can't even hold a barbell on the back for doing a back squat. Like, if <laughs> yeah, then go, training plan, let's go so on one leg. <laughs> what's the point of trying to do it on one leg? Yeah. And if, but, you're, um, if you're going to do that, just use like a, a safety squat bar if you really have to. Mm. And make sure you can do like a barbell split squat, like normal split squat on the floor before you do a Bulgarian. That would be the way to go. If you're then oh, yeah, that's that. the thing with Bulgarians. They're, they're, they're such an advanced exercise. They're just, and they're horrible. Such an advanced exercise. But it's one of those things where I just, again, a lot of people, just wouldn't get there like a lot of personal training clients i'll be like hang on there's so many things you've got to do before you even get to that point um so yeah like you said it's one of those things on the progression regression continuum like it's a long way towards quite advanced you'd even probably want you'd want someone properly double leg squatting really before you get to bulgarians in my opinion so it's it's one of those things where a lot of people might not even get to that point where they need to stress about it um but yeah crazy but um on the back of that i guess we can go I guess we thought of two anyway, and we'll, we'll outline why, but I've written the top five exercises for changing dominance in muscle groups in males and females. Oh, look at that. But I haven't written it. This is where we're going to free ball it right now, mate. Oh, okay. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, we're, giving the people oh. the, we're giving the people the ebook before it's even come out. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just thinking on the fly. I think we're good enough. I think, I think we coached enough. We've got well over 10. 10 to 15 years of experience between us coaching one to one. How bad does that sound? We're so fucking old. <laughs> I'm so fucking old. You're not as old as me. I know, but yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, so we've got back squats. Obviously, you've talked about manipulating where the bar is. You've got front. It's going to be more quaddy because you're going to be upright. So you've got back. It's going to be kind of in the middle. You've got low bar shifting more towards your glute. Not your lower back because generally when Dan's saying that, he's going to go out and out with his feet probably going to get a bit of a wider stance so chances are your adductor inside of your leg ladies is going to get like hurt basically and there we have an issue of how i fucked my hip too much low bar squatting so you have to vary okay so don't spend a lot of time in one bit change it in between so mm. variance is probably key don't be like yeah yeah this, is, this feels amazing i'm going to do this all the time but yeah, don't do that. Um, yeah, then obviously we've gone Bulgarians. So probably the biggest thing for nip- manipulating is torso position. So leaning forward or sitting back. And it also shifts the weight on like front to back leg as well. I, I'm unsure. There must be a study somewhere of the EMG like activation of each back leg to front leg. 
Um, and you can feel it if you're just in a normal split squat stance. Do the same thing what Dan said, like shifting your weight right over onto your front foot. And so you can really feel your quad arm, blah, blah, flex a little bit the knee and see what when your head is right on your front toe, how much weight is actually proportioned on the back leg. Not that much. As soon as you shift back, as you think, weight's got to go onto there. So I kind of think it's like an 80, 20, kind of 70, 30 split, even though people say there shouldn't be anything there. Even though Poliquin says there shouldn't be any load on the back leg. There's whatsoever. always going to be something there. Cause and, there's no, and also, they also say that the back leg should not bend. Don't know how you do that, personally. It's not... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> He's lost it, I mean, yes. <laughs> fucking lost it. But yeah, also on, on that, um, do you tend to go on a, a little bit more coaching cues for Bulgarian split squats apparently but do you tend to go on your back foot do you put your toes so you're in dorsiflexion so you've got toes on the thing so like you're going to sprint away or do you go toes in plantar flexion so there so you're it's just kind of flat resting I go dorsiflex personally I go dorsiflex yeah, dorsi but I don't I, I've always said do whatever feels comfortable. Okay. I've never really given us a, a, a placid, like you must do it this way. But <laughs> I've always, and when I think about it in my head, I've always probably dorsiflexed more than I would plantar flex. Okay. But I don't do them. So I don't really do them very often either, but I would, I would nearly 95% coach plantar flex. Um, when somebody's doing them because only for the the main so the the five percent reason why i wouldn't do it is the fact that people cramp up in that position more than anything else and they're cast so uncomfortable though it's what with your like plantar flex just chilling back there straight yeah, your yeah foot straight, straight all that pressure going through the top of your foot we're on the same page here it's not i don't find that uncomfortable at all but that's, I've got, I mean, preference. that's why I've always said preference because some people do it and they go this feels horrible yeah, it feels like, okay, do it the other way but then they go the other way but also the, the, the limiting factor of when you're dorsiflexed you're putting more pressure so you're more on on your back leg so you right, can yeah, feel your, your hips so your hip on the back leg sets in extension more and it's on so you gen start to fit on there. So that's I'm that's like geeking out a bit too much. Time. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just get people Bulgarian split squatting, mate. I mean, whether they, you know, like as long as they can do it, that's yeah, my kind of, but, uh, yeah, my kind of but, thing. Yeah, I, I tend to go because if if you do that, so go between plantar flex and dorsiflex, you'll feel as soon as you go plantar flex, that back leg just shuts down, and it's all effort on that front. Pollockin was right. If you put go plantar flex, you don't get anything on your back leg. No, he he wants it to be perfectly straight the whole time. Oh, okay. He just—he doesn't want the knee to bend when you're going down, which is fucking. So you have to be like two meters away from your leg to where yeah. you're putting it, and then somehow go down. And it's just like, wait a minute, that's just not going to happen. Easy way of doing that, ninety ninety position, easy from yeah. the floor. Um, yeah, have we, so we got two. How else are you going to minute play any exercises? Uh, are we staying on squatting? Or are we moving? No, on? we fucking move. Like, we got the whole body. Deadlifts then, hip hinging. Hip hinging. Shoot at me. Uh, so you've got trap bar. There's a nice regression, so it makes things a little bit easier, a little bit less mobility required uh, in that position compared to a normal deadlift. Uh, I don't know where sumo deadlift would go. <coughs> I don't think... I think that's probably... I would get someone conventional deadlifting before they tried sumo deadlifting. So, yeah, in, in my continuum... It's just a bit harder to, on, to, to get the knee position correct and to understand... 
how to set up properly. Yeah, it's. It, I think that bases on personal preference of coaching, and but also where their hips sit. I mean, really, anatomically, sumo should be easier because it's yeah. less less distance to travel. Your hips are shifted wider. Um, with like a lot of girls and generally lighter blokes tend to go towards sumo. Um, whereas, it's a flexibility thing though as well, right? 100% flexibility thing, yeah. So I can't, I don't pull conventionally very often. I can, but I don't do it very often. I tend to go a little bit more of a semi-sumo stance. But again, that's more... Also. Yeah, so... Yeah. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> shut up! Tony Janicor and Dean Somerset should look pull like that. Um, <laughs> so I listened to them. Um, yeah, but they, he did a scale test on me. That was why. He was like, I think, but I think those two. Are like I think they just they just come under deadlift. Like you know, it's just the whether you conventional yeah. sumo, it's pretty like pretty similar. I think you've then got like say trap bar deadlift. You've then got like deficit deadlifts if you're going to be that fucking ridiculous about Mental. doing them. Yeah. And then you've got single leg deadlifts. How to load them, I suppose as well. Um, and then you've got before that, you've probably got. Uh, like kettlebell deadlifts, things like that, off a block, something just to learn hip hinging. Where would a kettlebell swing go on that scale? Kettlebell swing off on a progression regression scale. Um, mm. I don't know. I'd probably put it right in the middle. It's still pretty dark, yeah. hard. But it's hard, but it's actually, I think, for a lot of people, I think it, it could be easier than find, deadlift. We'll probably find it easier than deadlift sometimes. Yeah, because the but there is no clear stop and start. That's the only the only issue with a kettlebell um, and learning yeah. how to hike a football. But yeah, you can manipulate those all in slightly different ways to get your hamstring and your glute a little bit more. So like Dan said about the squat patterns as well, with his foot positioning, exactly the same pretty much deadlift-wise. But obviously you're not going to drive your quad on as much as more. But if you just look at your knee angles and your hip angles, then you'll start to work out what's happening more at your hip or your knee or your quad or your glute. So that was if you've got more knee angle, okay, more knee bend, generally the quad's going to be firing on a little bit more. If your weight shifted forward, quads going to be on more. And then if it's sitting back, it'll be on your glute, on your heel. So if you go upper body, what we're we talking about, bench press, you can manipulate that, obviously, I'm going to say. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Massively, right? So going from a wide to a close grip or like a medium grip. Um, the common misconception of what a close grip is as well thoroughly annoys me. <laughs> just like wait a minute I'm going to put them so close together so yeah, I'm on this like them. smooth of the bar <laughs> that's horrible and they're like yeah yeah um, so well, first not- up first up really though you've got in- you've got incline push-ups first up on that are you going on a progression I'm just saying like big exercises that we can we can manipulate to change the muscle groups oh okay I thought you were talking about like all no, the way through like you go through progression regressions oh no like bench press yeah so straight away if, yeah, I, if got... I talked about that then people won't have to buy my things so oh true yeah <laughs> um, so yeah you got yeah obviously wide yeah oh mate there's so much you've got wide uh, narrow you've got incline you've got decline dumbbells add a different element to it as well um, different EMG activation on those I'd imagine I don't know the studies off the top of my head but I'd imagine that heavier dumbbell work uses the chest more than heavier bench work which probably uses the shoulders and triceps more um i was just a pure guess um i'll probably find some t- short time i'll find something to say that's true <laughs> um, for me. um yeah i only and, know uh, one study off the back of like emg and off the top of my head for uh and that's only to do with like loaded of how the well and, and you know with it well we know with the bench press and emg work we've seen it that 
when as you get closer to your max, you yeah. use more triceps you, and shoulders. You, you, move, you um, use more triceps, anterior delt, and lat. So then with that, you're going to go, right, well, with a barbell, you can always lift more than a dumbbell anyway. So it's like, well, you, you're assuming then that with the dumbbell, it's going to be a lot more, uh, your mat, the kind of the higher numbers you can lift, probably more chest. Do you, do, you, do you still use, I think you might have told me this, and I still use it to this day, is the 20 kilo rule of give or take. Yeah. You, if you should be able to, if you're lifting that on a bench press, let's say 100 kilos, then you should be able to bench 240s. Yeah, I think I was. I think I just found that as a common thing between clients and myself, and just a common thing is once that went up and increased, I found that the dumbbell work increased alongside it. Yeah, and it was just a standard thing, or it seemed to be pretty standard. I'm sure as, for me at the moment where I'm at in terms of benching, but I'm sure when you get up to like the 160, 170 mark, it's not quite the same. <laughs> You're just um, sitting there with like 70s, to, 75s, just like pumping away. Certainly up to 100. <laughs> certainly up to 100. I found it's it's pretty. Standard, if you can, yeah. if you can do a hundred, like most PT clients, if you, you know, if, let's say for example you're training a client and you were you were doing bench and they want to start doing dumbbells, pretty safe bet if they can bench a hundred that you could take and give them two forties in each hand and they'd be fine with them for the same number of reps. Same number, yeah. Um, don't be like, yeah, now they can rep them out. <laughs> no, take them reps. Don't be like, if three, that's their one RM, that's probably their one RM on a um, dumbbell as well. But yeah, that's I think up to about hundred kilos. That's a pretty safe bet. But that's usually obviously because most gyms have dumbbells up to forty kilos anyway, and any higher than that you wouldn't get. We won't get dumbbells anyway, um, and I think yeah, that's probably it's just something that I just found. I think we just look, we just seems to be so quite a common thing. But yeah, going wide grip, obviously more chest, chest, bring close mm. grip. If you want to do a close grip, take your normal grip and go in one hand width. That's all you need to do. Yeah, that is closer than your normal grip. You don't need to go any further in than probably like no. shoulder width. Yeah, exactly. So we still be able to get the bar to your chest is quite important with the barbell bench press um yeah just do that one hand whip in bam and then rep that out and don't try not to flare the elbows because it's silly in it i do it i do it all the time i've got no do control just it, like, absolutely absolutely awful mate so that's three we've got bench pressing deadlifting squatting i guess we should do some sort of like i mean pull-ups full up like the same kind of category and lap pull downs i mean i know we've had this conversation before between different lap pull downs you you will generally go a little bit wider and pronated yeah yeah uh on the targeting what muscle groups dan i'm guessing you definitely covered this in your uh your week i didn't do this bit no, no. Uh, in the in the thing but yeah targeting lats mainly predominantly yeah the wider you go more pronated you go yeah so, um and then on the back end of more me more rehabby and base of progressing somebody i will go more into like a chin-up position so a supinated underhand grip uh with a lot of my guys where they start where they start that's only because if you go with a pronated grip over a supinated grip you can kind of feel as you do that through just literally wiggle your wrist Wiggle your hand around now, guys, and then uh, you'll feel, and then feel your shoulder blade as you do it, and it should change. And when you set down into basically the most kind of flex position and all that pull down, um, your shoulder blade's going to be in a little more comfortable position. You're able to target the lower part a little bit better. Mm. So it sits nicer, and you've got a little bit better what is called upward rotation, which sucks on a lot of people. Um, that's why I tend to go, but it will progress to pronated 100%. That's where I want them to get to. And that will be where they'll do chin-ups and shit. So mm. pretty cool, right? Yeah. All the cool shit. <laughs> We've got one more. Is there any any way? I, there's lots of people that manipulate bicep curls. I guess that's a thing. Well, they tend to. Or add 
advantageous positions and disadvantaged positions. Yeah, I don't. Dan I mean, doesn't. Dan, Dan's too cool for that. I think there's there's elements to to bicycle cars. I think. I think that's the biggest one, right? Obviously, that's the one yeah, that yeah. everybody wants to know about, dude. It's more about like it's more about when people kind of don't understand about how to hit it. You know, if you stretch the bicep out so you can train it back here and you can do curls and you can train it all the way in front of your body and you can get more, you can focus more on the, the peak, bro, which is just means that <laughs> it's just shortened and you're shortening it even more. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's all that sort of stuff where people feel stronger. And the reason people do bicep curls predominantly in, in a short range is that they feel stronger there because it's shorter. And it's like, well, yeah, that doesn't mean your bicep is going to get bigger because you're training them in that range. You should train them in the longer range potentially. And like, um, Eric Helms did a he, he did a post of the day on on Instagram I think about his hamstring curls and he trains when he does seated hamstring curls he leans all the way forward so he gets more of a stretch reflex in the hamstring as he's training it and again he was saying well there's evidence to show that when you stretch the muscle out and then contract it that actually you potentially might get more gains because of that um, so again it's thinking about the muscle groups and thinking about how you can stretch them out as you train them so things like dumbbell flies for example for chest could be quite useful if you train it properly and actually use your chest that is that, <laughs> could be effective rather than some people focus on the short range they focus on the pulses right at the end where they fully squeeze their chest and they go for the pump it's like well actually there's now hey, that's maybe, when you know, that's we've all seen dan do that if you have seen dan do dumbbell chest or not that dumbbell chest flies cable chest flies where he comes in he's from that stretch position and he comes all the way and he starts to just Poke those thumbs out, and he goes, "Yeah, chest pump, yeah." And then he comes back out. Yeah, it's and he just uh, goes bright red, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm shit hot right now." That's what happens. Yeah. you know, with my A cup boobs. External rotation, and then you just shout external rotation at the end, don't you? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why I scream. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was one of those where I think with biceps, people worry less, should worry more about that than like grips. People worry about like, oh, hammer grip or underhand grip or do I kind of like go with a false grip, which is like you don't really grip it at all. And like, well, just think about how you actually train people your biceps. Do that. I, yeah, I'm not, do that. I'm not really of, a bodybuilder guy. So my, the, my stuff is like hammer curls because it incorporates a lot of grip and then like normal supinated and then like some said barcodes people do like do that because they it takes out the activation of the forearms they feel like they squeeze their biceps more and that sort of stuff but again it's like that whole thing of like remember you know thinking about your little finger twisting around supinating and all that sort of stuff like that's 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 kind of useful on certain exercises um but yeah no it's um it's interesting it's just one of those things (laughs) i don't think people need to worry about it as much as they need to worry about the other shit i like a disadvantaged bicep so i tend to go like seated in like a 30 45 degree and then put my arm back and then be like, and then try and curl that up because it because you get to use like seven eight nine kilos and look really really weak yeah so it's pretty cool get sweet ass pump though cool i think we've i think we covered that if anybody's got any fucking uh questions about anything we just said i realize i might have rambled on a bit like biomechanically on a yeah. bit of shit but yeah should be some questions i'll fucking answer them in any terms you like, um, just chat to me. Cool. Right, philosophical question, Dan, because yep. this was a question that was asked to me, and I think you have to take a step back and look at it from a broader spectrum when you do this kind of thing. Okay, cool. So, and I think this would be an interesting question just to ask your audience as well. I realise they're going to say one thing, but is there a right or wrong answer um, if you look at the whole grand scheme of things? So would you raise, obviously you're raising a child right now, but would you raise your children to be vegan? 
or stop other people from raising their children to be vegan. I would, out of those two choices... Because obviously, 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 well, let's just say you're not going to raise your child being vegan. Obviously, because you're not vegan. But should other people who are vegans, for whatever reason, should they raise their children to be vegans? Or vegetarians or whatever? Um, I think it's their, well, it's their choice, fundamentally. Like... You can't take that choice away from someone. Like you can't say choice to someone, of the parent, yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your child. Like you're you're the primary carer for that child. Like until the government says that a child under the age of eighteen is its own identity, then you can't really dictate that. Like I know there's moral arguments about well, the baby doesn't have a choice in this. It's like no, but there there's nothing. Like what can you do about it, kind of thing. But yeah. I don't think. I mean, I think it's the wrong thing to do to raise a child to be vegan but with the correct vegan diet the child won't die so it's not neglect like you're doing your best what you think is best for the child so it's not your fault that you're uneducated and an idiot and a moron <laughs> it's you know it's, you just need to get better educated but if you don't know any better you you think you're doing the best for your child which is what every parent probably well not every parent actually you see the news every day don't you but most parents want the best for their kids and they do the best for their kids so um i thought the question was actually going to be yeah would i would i raise isabel to be vegan if it meant that no one else could raise their children as vegan and i was like yeah because then that's pretty good <laughs> but then you change the, the topic but um right. yeah and i think I, I just don't yeah i think you have to let the parents make the decisions of, of what they think is best. It's not the best. We know it's not the best, but other people don't know it's best. And, and I think science is always evolving. And at the moment, the literature suggests that a normal diet alongside calorie control is better and healthier than a vegan diet. That's not to say that in 40 years time, it might be shown to be otherwise. Like we don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I just think you can't. Yeah. I wouldn't. I think, fucking, I, th I think it was an interesting question because I wouldn't have a go at a parent because they raise their child as vegan. Put it that way, I wouldn't. I don't think any less of them as an individual because they're just doing what they think is right. Exactly, because I guess from where we look at it, well, because you took a, a different perspective of what I did. Um, I put it in a slightly different way. So you just went in the fact of like health, and they're not they're not neglecting or whatever. Probably more of a, a parent kind of because you were looking for a parent's eyes. Obviously, um, I went through more of like what is like veganism generally is like a, a moral thing hopefully mm. people are doing it and they're thinking morally this is correct and i looked at it more of a religious kind of thing and there people would still happily obviously raise their children to be christian or muslim or whatever mm. and that's not seen as a bad thing and veganism yeah. isn't a bad thing so therefore they have every right to raise them as being a vegan yeah definitely. yeah it may I not think, be yeah, the most productive or the best thing for them and then they have their six when they're 16 or 18 or whatever they're allowed to decide or whenever their parents decide they're allowed to decide that it's possible but it's an interesting thing where i'm sure that we'll get people who may not be i'm not saying as open-minded but as i don't know democratic as us and be like yeah, yeah you I can just... you can live your life but as I long think as they can make things where like you know my I think it's an interesting question. My, my parents mm. taught me not to swear but i still fucking swear like <laughs> as you as you get older you just learn like you know 
that your parents have your best interest at heart, but they don't know everything. Like my parents are overweight. They're my best interest at heart, but they're overweight. So I'm not going to take diet advice off them now. You know, like you're, as you grow and as you evolve, it's part and parcel, I think, of being a child and being an, and then growing into an adult to question yeah. things. That's part and parcel. And my parents kind of, I suppose, brought me up to question things. And then that makes you question them, which then puts them in a difficult position because you're like, do as I told you. And you're like, no, I told you, you told us to question you all the time. But to raise, I think, an adult in, in today's world, you have to get them to question things. And I would say, you know, how many people are brought up Christians and never see that through because they don't see the benefits of it. They don't see, they don't, they, you know, they don't believe in a God or they don't see any miracles. So, so maybe, you know, kids would be raised vegan and then they would go, well, I don't feel great. I don't yeah. feel great on this. So I'm going to eat meat. And that's fine. That's their decision when they're old enough. Um, but yeah. interesting on the, it's probably because the religious kind of thing that I saw that avenue because I was brought up Christian. I went to Sunday school mm. and I can just imagine you at Sunday school. I know, right? Thing. Good boy. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, so my mum still goes to church. It's fine. Um, then my my elder sister was confirmed. So she did confirmation, so she can have the wine and whatever. But both of my, me and my other sister both deferred, and we were like, that's not happening. And then we just refused because we're a little bit, I don't know, not against the religion, but it's not for us. So... Yeah, I think I looked at that point of view and been like, oh, they're going to be old enough to make their own minds at some point. So, interesting mm. question, though. Definitely yeah. to get people Definitely. to, I think, just, I think it'd be interesting to see what people's mindsets are on that. Because whether they're looking from a health benefit, like health kind of view, or as a parent, or as just an idiot like me who's just, like, I reckon I've got no opinion, really. So. I reckon there will be some people who would be like, oh, it's child abuse. It's like, <laughs> child, like calm down. There's worse things happening in the world, you know, like. Yeah. Um, and like you said, I think the other thing that you, you touched on there is that, you know, vegans do it for the moral reasons. And I think if you, if they raise a child to be vegan for the moral reasons, they're more than likely going to bring up that child to be very, very morally correct with loads of other things. So I would, you know, again, it's, or it's a, it's a, it's a, a mass serial killer. Yeah, or a mass serial killer. Yeah. I mean, it's um, Eva or, or a catfisher. Can vegans still eat cereal? Um, obviously they have to have almonds. Definitely, milk. definitely not when it's got beef in it. Well, I'm thinking more things like <laughs> beef cereal. Can you imagine? Yeah, I'll have the ribeye cereal, please, mate. Um, well, no, because obviously some cereals are going to have like milk in, or maybe some. Uh, I don't even. I, without even looking at them, I don't even know. But I'd imagine if you have almond milk, I could reckon I could be vegan, you know, because you can have cereal. I literally think I could be vegan. I could do cereal. No, you could I'd sprinkle, rather go vegan than sprinkle keto. like. Oh no. You can get vegan protein powder, obviously. Yeah, so just sprinkle some protein powder, get your protein, exactly. get your carbs, blam. Don't know what these people are faffing about. High carb, I don't, protein. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't understand. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I, th- I just think as, as a general rule, I'd imagine they're probably going to bring them up, you know, morally correct, I suppose, in other areas, you'd yeah. think. But then also, they could also then give them so many rules that they rebel and they become mass murderers, like you just said. So, who knows? Like, you, you know, we're now just speculating about <laughs> no, just, you know, ex- Exactly. I mean, just absolute theories. So we don't know. Well, I'm going to quickly touch on the basic rules of regression. I realize we've done that for movement, Wait, but that we've gone through that. No, 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 no. This was this was just because I posted out yesterday, and then I'm going to go on limb. I cannot remember um, the Instagram handle off my top of my head, but they found it a little bit more interesting because I basically told my client VJ, who will listen to this, um, to quit like dropping his reps when he wasn't maxing out on his. Uh, so say if he had 100 kilos. Um, and I can do sets of 10 and then might fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the back off sets we started talking about last week. And basically your general rule of thumb, when you start to fatigue and you know, you're not going to hit the weight that is written. 
Okay, so if you're listening, so five sets, 100 kilos, you're going to hit that for five sets of 10. If you're struggling by the end, you might not feel great that day. So general rule of thumb, drop the weight. Then if that sucks, then drop the reps. If that sucks, cancel the set, like drop the sets. Okay, so you're trying to maintain the highest volume that you can. Okay, so 95 kilos times 10 is greater 950 kilos than eight reps at 100 kilos. Cool. Done. A lot of people found it interesting, Dan, so it's right. And then, mate, your maths is mind-blowing. Uh, it's absolutely mad. I use big numbers as well. <laughs> big round numbers. Sorry, everybody what if you dropped the weight to 80 kilos and did 10 reps, which is better then? 80 kilos. Mm, for 10 reps, or you did 100 what? kilos for 8 reps, which is better. Depends on what muscle fiber you're scenario. Uh, for hypertrophy, mm. the 10. <laughs> then then I did I did put a caveat when I was having this conversation with the lad online um, was like obviously you will recruit more muscle fiber types and yeah whatever mate you're what not allowed caveats on online arguments <laughs> <laughs> that's against the rules it wasn't an argument it was a general advice seeking mission so it was how oh, was it yeah it was, right. Right. He was he was actually he was being nice I don't get a lot of trolls uh, only you right. yeah just me mate yeah <laughs> that's right um, and ratings of I've, I've Literally got nine people who messaged me about the egg, ham, and chip butty. Going, yeah, it looked good, sev- mate. Several going, like, realised... Th- so, butty, if you're not English, here's a sandwich. Um, so, egg, ham, and chips in the sandwich. Uh, bought it from Boots, apparently limited edition, so easy. Um, yeah, fucking great. Like, what's not to like? I like egg, yeah. mm, like ham, mm, chips, great. Like, yeah. absolutely amazing. I... Absolutely. I, I, it had 21 grams of protein. That's all I was looking for. I didn't give a shit about the other stuff. So I had that with a little uh, protein water, boosted it up right up to 41 grams in the meal. So who's who's laughing now? Mate, those, beats, those boots meal deals are incredible. It's absolutely great. Uh, it's just absolutely mad. Like, like £3.99. And then you can go like decent sandwich or whatever. Get protein water or a pro- normal protein shake, or like an iced coffee protein shake or whatever, and then you can go for any crisps you really want, or you can go jerky. And then sometimes, sometimes there's even protein bars in there, like two quid protein bars. Basically, wow. they're paying me to take the protein bar off them. Crazy. Oh, it's mind blown. Um, yeah, any housekeeping, mate? No. No housekeeping. Wow. No, not until next week. Not until next week. Wonderful. There's nothing for big, me either. Big, big news next week. I know. Um, Dan's leaving the Supremes, so we're okay. Um, yeah. There's no news my end. I think, uh, obviously, last episode was greatly received. Actually, you got a lot of messages off the back of that. So um, if you want to share it around, then please do. If you haven't rated us already, please do. Go on iTunes. Yeah. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts is where you leave the reviews, not iTunes anymore. Shit, yeah. I just realized that. Um, so Podcast app. Whatever app you're using, just just do it. And then do the classic subscribe, unsubscribe, then rescribe, subscribe again on the same day. And that boosts us up the charts. So keep doing that for us, guys. Um, <laughs> if you really want to. Um, Tom knows all the tricks. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, obviously, catch any questions. Check out Dan's Instagram. He's way more active than I am. And we will catch you next week. See you later. <laughs>